We're on. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, everybody. It's Robert Lee National Fire Radio, live in the studio tonight with Aaron Heller and Jeremy Dodge and the famous and cleanly groomed Tucker Daly. Aaron, go ahead and take it away. What, uh, where are you from? I don't, I'm the one who doesn't know you here tonight because everybody else is like, it's like you guys are going back oh, like car oh, seats. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and Tucker's sitting here telling me about the first car seat. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was well, a lot of tea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my background, uh, I started out as a uh, junior firefighter in Burlington County, a little, little town called Juliustown, uh, back in the early 80s, which might date myself a bit nah. but um somebody my age yeah yeah old go. guy like tucker but um from once once i uh once i turned <laughs> once i turned 18 i joined uh, new egypt volunteer fire company which is where i grew up the town i've lived in my whole life uh until the last couple of years my family's still there um my parents my, my actually my dad moved there in 1937 so and my mom still lives on the same property so, wow. um, so we got some deep history in that, in that town. Um, I, I'm not the first firefighter in the family, but we are only a one generation firefighting family. Uh, I joined because my sister actually joined ahead of me. Uh, she married into a firefighting family in Juliustown. I used to hang out there all the time when I was a teenager and, uh, I thought, well, you know, it looks kind of fun. And they, they told me to Hey, you'd like this. And yeah. I, when I was a little kid, I, you know, they'd bring the rigs to the firehouse and or to the school, and I'd think, yeah, that's really cool, you know, just like every other little kid. And uh, a few of the dads of kids I grew up with were, were volunteers in New Egypt, and I thought, yeah, it'd be cool. So I I joined the junior program over there because they didn't have one in in New Egypt, and they put me through Burlington County Fire Academy. And uh, as a junior, yeah. Yeah, I had I didn't have my driver's license when I was going to fire academy, and um, so did you do like company training and what was the there was curriculum the, back then? You, well, firefighter one in 1985, 86, something like that, was um, 52 hours, I think. So uh, you learned about thermal balance back then. You know, they took you down into the into the basement of the of the burn building and uh, nobody had a mask on you're lucky you had your gear on yeah but uh, they wouldn't you know, want to hear that but what this tells you is take your training as early as possible because it just keeps expanding oh it does <laughs> it does man I, I can tell you that i've been in it now 35 years and i'm a student of the game yeah at, at this age with this many years in i still learn all the time some of the stuff i learn i look and go what the hell was that but uh, seriously it's it's I never stop reading. I never stop trying to, yeah. to get more and, and soak more in. And um, I, I've been real fortunate that way. So, yeah, I went through the academy, and uh, I was still in high school. And um, I was playing ball. I was, I was a good athlete. I had some good scholarship offers. So I really figured that firefighting was just kind of a little hobby that I would do. And I'd go on to, you know, who knows, you know, be a big league baseball player in my eyes. And uh, a torn up knee my senior year of high school. Ended baseball and football scholarships, and uh, <clears throat> my old man wanted me to go to college, and I didn't want to go to college if I wasn't playing baseball. Yeah, and I went to Mercer County Community College for fire science, which was not the law degree he thought I should pursue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, I think it, there's, it there's something there though, because like I, I know a lot of people, especially <laughs> like kids in my, uh, I don't know if it's my generation, is that how you say? I don't know. 
they were doing things that their parents were pressuring them to, and now they're miserable. Yeah. And yeah. like, I, I was like, I want to ride fire trucks because yeah. I went to Poughkeepsie, New York, and they had to wake a guy up to introduce him to me. There you go. And that seems like an awesome job. <laughs> <laughs> and they went fires. So. That's, that's a good gig. Yeah. yeah. That's a good gig. Nah, so it, it, it really worked out. You know, um, I have been completely blessed. I fell into the volunteers right away. Uh, some of the kids I, who I went to school with, their dads were volunteers, so they, they really brought me into the firehouse, and they brought me up the right way. These guys were solid guys. They're still solid guys, those that are still alive. Um, I still have a tremendous amount of respect for them. Uh, one of them, a guy named Steve Lachance. I remember Steve. His son was a pitcher on our Little League team. I was the catcher, and uh, he would be behind the, behind the backstop either cussing at his son me or the umpire the whole game. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's great. And I and but he taught me so much about being a fireman and being yeah. a fire chief and an officer, and um, he was a, a fine chief. And I was I got the honor to actually deliver the eulogy at his funeral. Oh. And um, but. That's where it takes you. It takes you in so many different places. Yep. And I've just I've had a great career in it. And um, you know it's funny because you get into the national teaching circuit or you've been on a career job for a long time and everybody think, oh, look at these guys, you know. Those guys put their boots on one at a time, just like everybody else. And, yep. and uh, you know, my theory is I'm, I'm like, a, like a Jimmy Buffett song, man. I'm nobody from nowhere. I love that. And I just got really lucky that I had. My old man was, was good in guiding me, keeping me humble because he didn't put up with any crap. Like no crap, <laughs> and every time I pulled it, I found out, and uh, <laughs> and he had no interest in the fire service. When I joined New Egypt, he said to me, "Cause you gonna go down there and be one of the drunks too?" Yeah, because he they didn't have a great reputation. They were great firemen, but they were hardcore drinking. Yeah, back you know sixties, seventies, yep, you know sure. they were, but they were great firemen and awesome guys, and they were assaulted at earth in the town, and they they did great, and so I was blessed, you know, and see, if, if, I'm a huge believer that you do not forget where you came from Excellent. and and i've taken that my whole career i had a guy on twitter not long ago start trolling me pretty good and i've known this guy for 25 30 years probably right and he i don't know his story i, I know his story but i don't know what his problem was right but he tried portraying that i was out there saying i was somebody i wasn't basically oh you know not all of us are big city firemen we only work in certain places and i know my place and i thought Bro, I'm the last guy to say I'm a big city fireman. Right. You know, I grew up in a little town. Mm -hmm. Back then, I think there was 3,000 people in that town. Today, there's maybe 8,000. Uh, when I joined New Egypt Fire Company, we ran 89 runs a year. Now, we would go to 15 or 20 fires, yeah, which right. was cool back yeah, then. Yeah, sure. You know? right. But sure. Uh, so now, they I don't know how many runs they do Every now. Every alarm was a real fire. <laughs> there was a lot more of it, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, so, you know... It, it, it does. It goes back to that nobody from nowhere. We all started somewhere, you know. And for me, I started in two really, really small towns. Um, anywhere I go, you know, anytime I have to put my bio out there for somewhere I'm teaching or if I'm speaking somewhere, that's where I came from. And, yeah. And, you know, that's that's the cool part about it. Yeah, we, you know, we, you know I, I'm, I'm a huge believer in that. I mean, we do the same thing here. Um, I've had people say, you know, this guy keeps talking about a job, a job, a job. He's a volunteer. Yep. I am. Still a job. Yeah, I, you know, and, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, I don't care. You want to make distinction, that's fine. I don't yeah. make a distinction between one or the other. 
But fires fire. But doesn't here's matter whether you're paid no, or volunteer. But here's the thing. You're absolutely right. right. It, it doesn't burn any differently. Yeah. And it's all it's, it's all, all about your team. Yep. It's being authentic. It's being who you are. Yeah, and absolutely. and you don't forget and you cannot forget where you come from. And the guys that do often lose the big message of what we're here and why we're here. Yeah. And those aren't the guys that are portraying the right message. And those aren't the guys that are typically leading and pointing the next guy in the right direction. So I, I agree with you, Aaron. I agree 100% about, you know, remembering your roots and, and so on. And I think that's important because, you know, you when we do this, you know, we ask for the bio of our guests sure. and then, you know, and so on. And so I sat back for, I'm looking at the clock right now, eight minutes, and I didn't say a peep. And that is, that <laughs> that's, is a record. that's incredible. That's a new record. That is incredible. But I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back because... You, you should note that right? you yeah. said you said something you said something a little bit earlier that you know you said we're, we're you know these guys whether big name small name you put your boots on the same way every single day yeah. and it's funny because we just talked about this with Steve Jason who's in the studio last week with us about sometimes they get a little bit of starstruck and you know Aaron you're a name in the business and we're going to get into all that and, and you've been around a long time and you have a lot of good friends and you keep good company and I think that's important and that goes to reputation and the type of brother you are. And so, you know, I'm sitting here a little bit starstruck tonight just to have you here because, right. no, I, it sounds silly, but the thing is, is that, you know, this National Fire Radio platform is new, and to have guys with a, with national recognition or worldwide recognition to be willing to sit down with us is huge. And I think that's partly because we are authentic and we follow the same path that maybe you have along the way of just admitting where we come from and who we are, and this is why we're doing it for the love of the job. So, right. you know, I thank you for being here tonight. Um, you know, why don't we hop into maybe the career side of things? So you did New sure. Egypt. You were a retired chief th- or volunteer <laughs> chief, right? Yeah, you've done it all there, right? Yeah, yeah. chief. Yeah. Ex New Jersey. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I made chief. They don't make them pass. I made chief way too young. Yeah. Um, they, they just. It was weird. There was a gap in that, in that. I guess that there was a leadership vacuum going on at the time. Yep. And it was either going to be a very older guy as chief. And I had been a, a captain and an assistant really young. And they said, hey, r- why don't you run for chief? And I was too dumb to know better not to. And How old were you when you ran for chief? <laughs> uh, I was elected. The I had just turned uh, 24 years old. Okay. All right. Holy crap. I was yeah. chief at 27 when I thought yeah. I was young. Yeah, I was young, you were. young and dumb was. And, and really, really over my head. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I get it, but but guys like like the guy that I told you about, Steve Lachance. I mean, he stayed by my side. He says, "I'll yep. be your deputy." Yep. And he could have been the chief, but there were some rumblings about not really wanting him. He had been a chief, yeah. And he was a hard ass chief, and a lot of the that group didn't want to have to deal with that again. I guess they yeah. figured, well, if we put this young guy in, right, we'll just kick his ass yeah, down yeah, the street, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so it was cool though. But so yeah, so I I did that. Um, I was going to Mercer County Community College um, because, again, I had I figured I better go to college and do something because that's what the old man wanted me to do. And uh, God rest his soul, he was a huge proponent of education. My sister and I got that out of it. Right. And uh, so thank God. I mean, he gave mm-hmm. us this just a tremendous base to work from. Um, and I was going to community college. We're walking out of school one day, and a guy says – yeah, I'm going to drop my application in at District 9 in Hamilton at Groveville. And he had been a volunteer there. And I said, oh, yeah, they hiring? Now, we're all young. You know, we're all right. 19 years right. old. And we're all thinking, oh, we all want to get on a job. We're thinking Trenton. Most of us were thinking Trenton. Some of us were thinking FDNY. Some of us were saying, hey, Camden burns like crazy. Let's go down there. You know, Philly, because we're right in the middle where we sure. live. We're halfway between Philly and, and uh, New York. So 
he's talking about it. So a bunch of us are listening and thinking, well, why not? So it was um, 1989. I dropped off my application to the old Groveville Fire Station at uh, uh, 200 Main Street. And now after that, they moved out of there. But um, me and a bunch of guys, we all dropped off applications. We took their test. It, there was, it was before civil service was in Hamilton. Right. And uh, it was a brutal test. Uh, some of the people listening may know the guy. His name's uh, Jeff Gore, retired chief out of Trenton, was a commissioner. He wrote the test for them, and, and he ran it for us. And uh, Jeff now works down at, he retired out of Trenton, works in uh, at Texas A&M. Uh, talk about solid brother. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I learned a ton from that guy. And it's awesome. Just home run guy. But uh, so we put our applications in, took the test, and all of us that were walking down that path that day at, the, at Mercer County Community College, Except the guy who told us he was going to get the job. Oh, oh no! <laughs> four, of us, four of us got the job. I <laughs> juiced him, huh? And he ended up he ended up getting on the job. Would uh, he become a cop? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good dude, but he would have been a good cop. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so he ended up he, he got the job after somebody else retired. But um, so we all got on, and I was twenty years old. Got on a career job. And back then, Hamilton, it was as big as it is today. It wasn't as populated. Uh, it's, it, Hamilton's 40 square miles. Um, they say, I think the, the census tells you it's 92,000 people. Oh. Um, my guess is if you count all the people who aren't reporting on the census, yeah. and, uh, you know, there's probably well over 100 would be my guess. It's a big place. And, um, but it wasn't a huge busy place back then. And our job was to be, literally, the four of us that got hired were paid drivers. That's what we were called. We weren't paid firefighters. We weren't career right. or anything. You were paid drivers, <laughs> and your job was to drive the second due piece. Because the senior paid driver that was already on, he drove the first due piece. And um, you had to wait for the volunteers to come, and you'd sit there and wait and wait. And, uh, where did I, you have a minimum to roll? In time, you did. But in the beginning, they didn't know what the hell they were doing, and neither did we. And what year was this, Eric? Uh, 1990. So? I, st I started April 19th, 1990. It's a great anniversary date. It's the federal building bombing. It's Waco. It's uh, there. You look up April 19th, and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I got the Challenger blowing up my birthday. That's Ooh. all I got. But, you know, I think that's interesting, though, just to hit on it real quick, though, is back then, 1990. It's long ago. Volunteerism was kind of strong still, right? I oh, mean, and, oh, yeah. and so Hamilton was a strong volunteer town, yeah. man. I mean, huge volunteer town. Paid guys took a sec a back seat. They had just formed uh, an FMBA local. They just formed local eighty four a couple of years before that, maybe three years, four years before that. Right. I think I think we were in the low thirties when we got hired as far as total guys, and nobody had crews. It was just drivers, no how officers. Many, how many were there? Uh, like I said, I think we were in the low 30s at the time. How many were on a shift? Two. Okay. And, and a lot of firehouses only had one. They just had a driver and the rest were volunteers. Um, and there were there's nine fire districts in Hamilton. But the fact that, that what I'm getting at where I was going with this yeah. is the fact that in 1990, even with strong volunteerism, they saw the need to have a at least a, whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know, a career fireman, but it is, yeah. you know, back then a paid driver. Yeah. That's pretty interesting to me. You know, but I, was, I, yeah. I see a lot of towns in New Jersey going to go that way. 
I don't know. In the future, I don't know what's going to happen. A lot of towns, a lot of towns need to, but doesn't mean they're. A lot of towns need to, but doesn't necessarily mean they're willing to swallow yeah. the pride Aaron, and do it. Aaron, do you That's think my that? Point. Yeah. 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 Like when you got when you got hired, was there a volunteer chief who was your boss? There was. There a, yeah. There do you was. think it makes a difference? Because I've heard this. A very smart uh, a gentleman who I'm, I'm friends with, uh, Dan Nichols, uh, always says that like. You, you watch these departments form up with career staff, and he's, he always preaches about having a paid administrator before you put the career guys on because he said it puts the cart before the horse. It's, do you think it would have helped, or do you think it's just like a, you got to kind of go on it with uh, I, the situation? I really think it depends on who the volunteer chief is. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you where I work, the volunteer chief, and, and this is pretty timely because I just came back from the Keys yesterday, or the day before yesterday, and I was hanging out with my first volunteer chief in the paid department. That's cool. He's retired Trenton fireman living down in the Keys and living the dream. And I'm jealous as hell because, you know, I got off on a rig yesterday and was sh literally shivering. And he <laughs> sent me a picture of the sunset with a beer and said, miss you. But, uh, and hold, and to know, that, we spoke two days ago about confirming yeah, tonight. Yeah. And he goes, wow, it's kind of hard to talk about it. Talk yeah. about it with you. I'm down here in the Keys, and I go, well, we'll come down to you. <laughs> right. I have no. I'd and rather be there, brother. And, and yeah. I would be. Yeah. I would be very happy that if you want to do this again, yeah, right. sometime, we can, we can, next winter we we'll play a good. Yeah, I'm, back in the I'm, I'm totally in. Yes. I'm in. My buddy Lyle, he'll give us his porch. I'm sure. I love it. But uh, but yeah, going back to your question, I really do think that it it's um, it depends on who that chief is. Uh, I saw a lot of chiefs who were very intimidated by the career guys, mm -hmm. and guys who probably weren't ready to manage that sort of thing. So, yeah, having a paid administrator is, in some cases, necessary. Um, we did it in New Egypt. Uh, New Egypt's a combination department now. It is. I didn't know that. Yeah, New, okay. Egypt, New Egypt has 11 career guys full-time, guys and girls, because uh, they hired their first, um, first two uh, female firefighter EMTs in the last few years, both home-run people. Yeah. Uh, absolutely uh, home-run. In fact, you, uh, I think you interviewed... Um, uh, Greg Genovese, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah through Rosenbauer, right? Yes. So, so his uh, his girlfriend Dee is uh, a full time firefighter oh, okay. there, and, okay. and a home run. But um, what we did there, the whole time I was the chief. Oh, yeah. These words, right? I love the, it. The whole time I was the chief, right? I every commissioners meeting, I would go to the board of fire commissioners and say, "I need a paid driver. We're not getting out the way I think we should during the day." I need a paid driver. And those old commissioners were hard hardcore volunteers and they told me, This is not gonna be Hamilton. You're not gonna you're not gonna do it. Right, yeah. you know, you're, you're trying yeah. to make a paid fire department. Right. You want a job. Right. I don't need a job. You can't I pay have me. One. Yeah, yeah, you can't pay me yeah. what they yeah. do. Yeah, that's right. That ain't gonna happen. And today they still couldn't do it. But uh, so every single commissioner's meeting for the six years I was a volunteer fire chief, every month I asked for paid firefighters and they told me no. Every month. After I got out, I got out. December 99 was my last meeting. I ran for commissioner in February of 2000 and got elected. And then I started bringing it up every meeting on the other side because I actually had a vote. And I couldn't tell you the first year we had career guys, but I got them in. And, and, and the board saw it, the older guys on the board. And actually it goes back again, the guy I was telling you, Steve Lachance, who was a hardcore old timer and this is how you do it. Right. Admitted to me because you know what we got to do this because the rigs aren't getting on the road like they should yeah. in a timely manner So this was probably Maybe oh three oh four. I don't know somewhere in there and um, so we started and we actually hired our volunteer fire chief at the time We we called him a career fire captain. We hired two guys he and another firefighter and It was hard because we cherry-picked 
from the company. So we kind of robbed some really good volunteer officers, but you wouldn't get nearly the pushback from the volunteers if you were going to hire from within. That's right. Yeah, that's that's, that's a right. Smart move. And, and right. they already knew the system. Right. Yeah. They weren't and they weren't going to come in and go all hell hell bound for you know and really cause trouble. They were great great people. Um, so the first career he was a captain. Uh, over time, we kept building, and he became the career fire chief. And um, he ended up retiring recently on on a medical thing, but uh, Steve Morgan did a great job, and now the guy who was his fireman and then moved up to Captain Rick Byrne is now the chief in, in New Egypt, and, and they're doing great. They, they've done good things. So uh, it just it does rely on having the right people, but probably having an administrator in the beginning, it's not a bad idea because you don't want the patients to run the asylum, and it, yeah. does, and it does happen. Yeah, let me, let me ask you this because I'm sitting here just taking it all in, and for me, I'm coming from a, an area in Bergen County, New Jersey, where we volunteerism is on a decline, like most places. Sure. But it's becoming, you know, call volume and responsibilities going up, volunteerism is decreasing, and finding that even keel of how we provide the right amount of service to the end user. Yeah. And for you, years ago, to have a department and to say, hey, we are pro-volunteer, however, right. we're having an issue. Right. Was there pushback? Oh, yeah. uh, not just commissioners, but like the volunteer side oh, yeah. and so on. Because what I, what I find to be an interesting conversation is when a lot of the pushback becomes unfounded when you can actually sit down and talk about yeah. facts and figures and the actual situation at hand. Yeah. And, and when we're, when we're under servicing our, our customer, we're not providing the right service that they require or expect, mm -hmm. then something has to be addressed. But we're our own worst enemy when it comes to that and i think sure. we've never talked about this before on on this on this uh, platform and and so i'm excited that we're starting to talk about this a little bit because i think a lot of people love to bury their heads in the sand and you know we always say oh it's going to happen when somebody dies or something happens but you know what but people have died right and <laughs> yeah, they, yeah and that's and my it's, point that's, that's, that's kind of like yeah right. uh, it happened and they're like yeah Right. Well, anyway, today's a new day. <laughs> I think it's yeah. I think for us. Yeah. I just think it's really interesting. But I also find what's becoming a little difficult, too, in a way, is the fire service is getting younger. Right? We're, we're, missing, yes. we're missing that age group between, say, There's, 25, to be 30. There a gap now. There yeah. is. There no, is definitely no doubt. a gap. There is a gap. And There's still people like us out there. And then those guys that are a little younger than you kind of aren't there. I agree. I'm, I'm an anomaly in my area. The 41-year-old guy that's on the fire department is like, there's only like two of me. And then we've got me, all the young guys right? that are 20-somethings. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And yeah. so so my point of all that is, is that you have the, 20, the younger age group and that older age group. The middle age group typically is the age group that admits there's a problem and tries to find the solution. Right. The younger age group and the older age group... Younger is still enjoying running, and, and they, don't, they don't have the big picture a lot of times at hand, where the older group says, we can't change this place and, and make any changes like that because we're a volunteer organization. And then that middle group that typically is the ones that say, like, hey, we're having an issue. We need to address this. We need to start thinking about the future. Yeah. When that age group starts to disappear out of the volunteer fire service, who's making those, rash, or who's making those educated decisions or... Conversa having those conversations. And I think that's part of the problem that we're having in some of these suburban and, and yeah. rural communities um, and so on. So I, I find it pretty fascinating. I think it's, it, you know, for you to be on both sides and to see both sides of the argument yeah. and to be in, you know, you were knee deep in it, I, I get it. And, yeah, you know, especially in a time frame where it wasn't popular. I, right. Like, you know, in, in the 90s, like that was just not, and I'm like, you know, kind of, I don't know, New Jersey 
well. And I always say that in the podcast. I'm learning it better. Like, you know, every now and then I catch it's myself a in the car. Learning, but like, yeah, good luck. You got a long way to go, pal. But, uh, you know, like the area that you that got hired in was a strong yeah. area. So, like, you know, for volunteerism. So yeah. it, it really does speak to, you know, what somebody, somebody in charge is saying, like, hey, we, we need to get this. But then, yeah. you know, on the other foot, like how – I think a lot of departments, uh, essentially, they they were taking the Titanic role model. They're like, we can't sink this thing. Yeah, and and that's you know, it's it's always going to be you know, you're walking a, a fine line no matter what you do when volunteers are involved because volunteers are saving the town a boatload of money as long as they're actually providing the service. Correct. And right now, there are towns all over New Jersey, all over Pennsylvania, all over the country. I mean, I, I'm blessed. I get to go around the country and, and work with a lot of places. They're they're just BS in everybody yep. in reality. It's a smokescreen. My kid could dress up as as you know Gretzky. Doesn't mean he can skate. That's right. Right. So that's, right. that's the thing we're doing. We're putting the although he'll tell you he can. But uh, but the point of it is, if you if you look at it, okay, yeah, you streeted the rig. But now let's really let's look at the response times. Did you street the rig in the first five ten? 20 minutes right and how many people were on right and how many interior qualified guys or and nothing against the old guys because i'm going to become one i know maybe i'll make it that long but um if that's the case that's you yeah you gotta take it take it no i don't have to you're on there you're right i like where you're going with but so so my point being are we just are we throwing up a smoke screen? Are we playing? Is it really Halloween, or are we really able to do something? And, and that was what we got to a point in in both Hamilton and in New Egypt that I see. And and the problem around us and throughout Jersey is you don't have town fathers or mothers, however you want to be politically correct, who want to address that. They're just not going to address it because right. well, that's you you guys. We we got volunteers for free. Yeah. Okay, and it's nothing against them. And there are some tremendous volunteer fire departments still to this day. That Without a doubt. Kicking ass, taking That's names. Right. And and it's absolutely not about paid versus volunteer because I, I tell this at all the classes I've taught all over the place. I have crawled down some really bad places with some tremendous volunteer firemen who might be better than some of the guys I've worked with in my career and right. vice versa. Right. So... We were talking about earlier, the fire don't care, yep. neither do I. If you're a volunteer and you're good at your job, home run, right? And just to hit on that you too, know. Aaron, it's like, you know, the, I don't know how I want to put this. Like, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. I Go with Because Bobby Eckert said it here, like, when, when – because he, he bought it – or I don't know how he came into the conversation with him on, on the podcast, but he said, like, one of the things he tells volunteers when he's teaching is that you have access to your equipment – Whenever you have free time, yeah. Whereas him and Camden, if he's not working, he's yeah, not, true. you know. Yeah, it's in absolutely the true. And I, I think that they, there, there are volunteer agencies that lose track of that. Here, here's a good point with that, and, and just because thinking about it, you know, guys will say, you know, our our department we run five thousand runs on this rig. Okay, you run five thousand runs on that rig. Cool. I work at twenty four seventy two. My rig runs. Uh, this year, I think we're going to do 1,400 or so runs on, on our rig, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we've gone to some fires this year, and we've gone to some good racks. I mean, we've done, we've done our share work, but I work at 2472. Now, if you factor in my vacation time, you factor in overtimes, whatever, say I work a quarter of those runs, right? So I just took in 300, 350, right? right? I didn't make 
thousand runs, fifteen hundred. Right. My rig did. Right. My right. house did. Right. I didn't. So you get a lot of these guys on social media, and that's a whole nother. We could talk hours on sure. that. Mm-hmm. But you get some of these guys on social media preaching, "Yeah, I'm in this house, and we run this, and we run that." Well, you don't run that. I know volunteer firemen in a lot of busy, busy firehouses yeah. that are taking in more work than sure. I am. Right. Because they live at the firehouse, they got nothing else going. Sure. Especially the young guys who don't have kids and three jobs, and you know, a significant other, <laughs> uh, you know, busting yeah. their chops to, yeah. to be home and do things, right? So, anybody that says, "Oh, he's a paid guy, so he must know it all," or he 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 does, that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. It really is, and yeah. it's uh, and the guys who are portraying that on the national scene, another smokescreen. There's, you know, and that's, so that's kind of, I, I got my train of thought back where I wanted to go with this. You were talking about the town, town fathers, and I'll bring this forward to relate to what we're talking about now. But you talked about the town fathers, and you were talking about how they, um, they're happy with the free service that the volunteers provide. And yet we know on the back end that maybe that service being provided is not as good as it should be. Right. I think what's important, though, too, and, and where a lot of the fault lays is that the town fathers might not know because we're not educating them because we don't want to educate them. Absolutely. And I think that has to go to bring it fast forward to what you're talking about right now, a couple minutes later in the conversation here, is that, you know, the same thing goes. You want to talk about social media. You want to talk about getting it out there. You want to talk about how good you are, how great your company is, this and that. You're right. There's so much smoke out there. And I think what we harp on here, too, is, you know, not everybody's authentic and not everybody's transparent. And so, you know, the end user, the customer, and I say this, we have a lot of younger firefighters that follow our page and, and, you know, digest our content. Everybody, and we've talked about this on the training side and to talk about it on the Brotherhood and Firehouse side too, is you have to determine for yourself what's right and wrong. You have to take what you see and digest it. Don't believe everything you see in here. But we're talking about an impressionable age group of younger firefighters that believe everything they see, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we have an obligation Yep. That to tell them, listen, sit back, digest it, make it yours. Don't own it before you make it yours. You know, and that's hugely important. And I don't think that's discussed enough. And not just in the fire service, but in life in general. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. you know, I mean, those are life lessons. But you know, yeah. that's that's in- incredibly important. So I, yeah, there, there's no vetting now. Right. You know, listen, anybody can create a web page. Anybody yeah. can create a Facebook page. There's nothing being vetted. So these guys. And, and don't get me wrong, some of the guys that are out there are just amazing. Sure. I'm learning from them every day. Right. You know, and some are younger than me, probably haven't been to as many fires, but they might be a lot smarter because I'm learning from these people, you know, and, and I hope that I can keep doing that. But um, you've got to vet it. When I was a kid, and when you were a kid, you'd read Firehouse Magazine, yeah, Fire Engineering about this, Magazine, right? Right. right. Mm-hmm. And you'd read that sucker cover to cover. You couldn't wait for it to get there. My right. uncle my uncle was a buff in, in New York, and, and he, he actually... Uh, ran the, basically the Signal 22 in Trenton, which is the canteen, canteen unit, yeah. you know, home run. And, and he, was, he was a member there like 50-some years. So for one of my birthdays, he got me a uh, subscription to Firehouse Magazine. Yeah. What a better gift. Yeah, right? That's, that's probably like the best gift he could have gotten me. You know, yeah. I didn't realize it at the time. But, but same thing. But I know, looking back today, everybody that wrote an article probably back then was – as you would say, a solid brother doing yeah, solid yeah. stuff, right? For sure. Absolutely. They, they were vetted. It's not the case now with social media because I can throw stuff, something up there. Hey, bro, this is how I do it. This is what we do, and this is how it works. And the next thing you know, it's all bullshit, but it's, it's out there. And now 
it's about getting followers and mouse clicks and likes and I'm not saying we don't all do it. I got a training business. Sure. I put stuff out there to try and get it out there because it drives the business. And I got one kid in college and another one that wants to go Ivy League. So I got to work. But uh, you know, not to mention an ex-wife that likes me paying the bill. So <laughs> <laughs> There it is. It's always yeah. there, bro. Right. But it's okay. It's okay. I did her dishes today. So it's there good. you go. So yeah. It's good. Yeah. It works so, out well. Yeah. So, but you're anyway, absolutely right. But, but that's the point. So vetting things today is harder. So for these younger firefighters coming in, They've got it more difficult than us. They got their hands on more material, but now they got to decide what's actually yeah, true, what's true, what's real, what works for me, versus what works for some guy in Idaho or, right. or some guy in Florida, you know. And that's that's the things I think that we need to look at. And I, I wish for our, our younger generation coming up that when it comes to social media, we could get them to understand that if there's a guy in Idaho that says like, "Hey, this is what we're doing," like. Because like, we say it all the time, Jeremy says it like what works for this department works for this department. Right. And I like I, it. It kind of pains me a little bit to see people just all of a sudden bag the guys and be like, "That's not how you're doing it." Right. But like, I mean, I know like some of these departments out there, they they got a, a essentially like a, a tractor trailer. Yeah. For a tanker bringing sure, their yeah. water supply to the scene. Hell, like, we still got some of them in Jersey, just few sure and far between. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Well, and that's exactly right. Like. um Here's a good example, and, and since we said Idaho, and I just threw it up there, one of my best friends is, is a guy named Carl Haddon. Carl writes for uh, fire engineering and mm -hmm. fire apparatus. He's a retired chief of safety for NASCAR. Uh, th there's nothing this guy hasn't done and can't do. He lives in a place, North, North Fork, Idaho. He went from Southern California, where you had every resource in the world, right. and every type of call, and every everything, to living out there, bought a ranch, retired out there. Now he's not retired anymore because he can't sit still. But he can't do it the way he did it in Southern California in the Rocky Mountains, Idaho. Right. So he has to adjust and based on that. And, and we have great conversations about it because what I can do in Hamilton, New Jersey, where, again, we're not resource poor, but we only get so much. We're not the FDMY. You know, that's where you've got to bring it all together. What works for you, you know? The, all the all those pages that are ripping guys and all the guys that are ripping guys on Facebook and everything else and I've done it don't get me wrong we're all guilty but you got to look at the content and the context and I think that's probably something we don't do enough of agreed you know? agreed and we all, we all we, we talk about it I mean you know we are the reason why National Fire Radio here is here is because of social media sure I'd like to think that what we're bringing forth is, you know, a real positive and correct side of what we want to do in this fire service. Yep. The pages you're relating to and some of these, you know, there is a lot of snake oil and a lot of smoke screens out there. And I think it's I think it's incredibly hard when you have it when you have constant attention where somebody is digesting Instagram or Facebook or YouTube and you can type in, you know, I hit on it a bunch of times like Cleveland load and you have yeah. all these, you know, all these yeah. videos come up yeah. and you watch the first three and you're like, okay, we can do this, yeah. but you've never tried it, test it, packed it, put it on your rig, put it under fire yeah. conditions, yeah. deployed it, like yeah. all these things. Or even yeah. understand the concept of why the department went to it in the first place. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. There's a reason yeah. why it's called the Cleveland Load right. because it was designed, right, for their application. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, there's, you know, so, you know, it's that type of thing. But what happens is, is that, you know, we have to, we have to think that we're instilling the right values into these guys to make, to be able to make those decisions on their own. A lot of times they can't because they're too impressionable. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so that's where I think guys like ourselves who have been doing this a few years, 
have an obligation to maybe, I don't know, brother better than we are or being able to maybe put our influence on it and say, hey, guys, this is great. I saw you guys did something different on the rig. Explain it to me. Why did we do this? Because right. nobody, listen, I come into the firehouse all the time, but all of a sudden something's different. Who changed it and why? Like, what What are we doing here? And then explain it and say, well, listen, did you digest it? Did you try it? Did you do it? Yeah. You know, and so on. I mean, I just, I think that's important. And I think getting that message across is, you know, hugely important. The other thing, too, is all these shitbags that are on social media that like to troll. I mean, we, you were talking about it before. There and, are those. <laughs> without a doubt. And, you know, and they're, the one thing they're not doing is making this job any better. And they're, they're, they're detrimental to the job. Yeah, a, a lot of those guys, and, and they're, out, they're all out there. Listen, I don't care who you are. They'll troll you. Well, of course. Listen, look, at, look here, here's a good example. And, and it's not about name dropping, but we talked before we went on. Yeah, right. I've been really, really blessed. When I was young, I was smart enough to keep my mouth shut. It, most people didn't believe that, but around the right people, I was smart enough to keep my mouth shut, right? Right. So, you know, the old man always told me, you got one mouth and two ears, figure them out. That's good. Right? I like that. So, I've been hearing that a lot lately. I know why my probies is watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But, uh, but so, I was, I was, I still am, completely blessed by the people that I met at a young age. And these guys mentored me. And showed me the way. And I didn't know that they were going to be superstars in the fire service. Right. But as a, as a mid-20s to late-20s guy, I got to hang out with these guys. You know, and we talked about it. I got to hang out up here in Wyckoff with, with Champ. Right. And, and not just, you know, everybody, oh, Mike Champ, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah. And Champ is that good. Yeah. But I got to hang out with Johnny Champ. Yep, and, sure. And Nick. Dear friend. They're right? all families. Right. friends. Exactly. Absolutely. So, I mean, I got to learn from these guys when I was a lot younger. Right. And, you know... You get to talk to a guy like Ray McCormick, you know, and again, it's not about name dropping. We've just run in the right circles and been told, like I said, nobody from nowhere blessed to be with a guy like that, right? There's guys that are ripping apart Ray. Yep. Yeah. Come on, man. You haven't crawled a quarter of the hallways that guy has or that Champ has or that, you know, Bill Gustin has down right. in Miami. Right. And you're going to say that they're not doing it right? Right. Get the hell out of here. You know, it's a bunch of bullshit. And, and you, run in a, you run in a one-engine house. That covers, you know, 100 square miles of, I don't know, podunk wherever. Yeah, farmland, right? Yeah, you know, and you, right. now you're going to say, oh, that ain't the way to do it. I do it this right. way, you know. Come right. on, man. So you gotta you got to take it with a grain of salt, some of it. Um, you know, you go back at, and we talk about the influences. Mm -hmm. I went to every training class I could. When I was 18, my, my ex-brother-in-law, who I still talk to today, uh, he was a great influence on me on fire service stuff. Maybe not the rest of the world, but <laughs> so. But he, uh, you know, he and I, he took me to Virginia Beach to aircraft rescue firefighter class. Right back then, it was ARF. It wasn't anything right. else, you know. And um, we went to we went down to Norfolk and Virginia Beach, and we took this class. And I was the only guy not legal to drink in the class. Okay. And. Uh, the dude even looked at me and he, when he called me. He says, how many years you guys got in a fire service? You know, everybody raises their hand and they're telling him. And I said, uh, six months, you know, unless you count my junior time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, the guy, and the guy's like, he comes up to me. I swear to God, he pulls out a tissue and he goes, here, wipe your nose and let your mama know you're here. Wow. And I was like, shit. Wow. <laughs> Man, did he just spank me. Yeah, right. But, uh, but, but the point of it was, you get the education. Yeah. And you go and you, even if you've got to spend your own money. You know, if the job can't spend it, if you, especially for the young guys, if you're single and you're working a couple jobs, put a few bucks away 
and then just go to whatever classes you can. And don't just go to your county academy stuff. County academies are great. They can give you really good basics. They can bring in some outside people. And you've got, I mean, Bergen County. Look at the home run guys yeah, that right? come out of Bergen Absolutely. County. My God. Ocean County. You know, yep. I started my first instructing gigs was Ocean County. They were volunteer instructors until like a year or two ago, I think. And Billy Hobson was, was uh, he was the one who opened, the, he was the fire marshal in charge when they opened the first new academy. Before right. that, we used to do it out at Lakehurst Navy yep. or up in Brick. And Billy brought me in and, and gave me my chance. And, and to this day, he's my friend, and I thank him for it. And, uh, you know, it was a blessing. But the point of it was we had these guys, and we learned so much from them. Yep. And we were able to pass it on the right way. And those guys still exist today. The job's not different. It's just, it, you know, it's not worse or better. It's just how we're presenting it all. You yeah. still stretch line. You still hook a ceiling. Mm -hmm. You still throw ladders, you know. I, I think a big part yeah. of it, too, is not just the training. Yeah. Part of going to external training is to meet people from other parts of the world yeah. uh, and understand how they do it and get to yeah. grow that brotherhood yeah. of the fire service yeah. so that you get to meet people and understand it better. My, my career is 100% what it is today and what it's been over the course of these 30 years because of going to FDIC. Right. Because of going to Firehouse when yep. I was in Baltimore, yep. because of going to uh, Jimmy Jimmy McCormick's place out in Indianapolis, outside Indianapolis, Fire Department Training Network. Right. Talk about solid brothers. Yeah. Oh my god! And this god. is why we've had so many dinners together. I yeah, well, I'm, getting that. That. yeah. I'm getting it. It always goes back to food. With yeah, yeah, it was. It yeah. was good, it especially was. Baltimore. Baltimore was good. Those Italian Those Italian <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I haven't been there in years. I might take a road trip. There you go. <laughs> we need to go. But, but yeah, fun. getting that external influence is a big deal. Yeah. And and even as, like, I was, I was a training captain at, at 19 at work for the last 17 years. And um, I went to the commissioners this past year for a couple of reasons. And I told them that, number one, I didn't feel I was doing as good a job as we needed. I felt that I was getting stale because I'd been the training captain forever. Right. And we needed somebody else. We had a guy on, sitting on the list who I knew would be really good at this, who is well-respected throughout Hamilton Township. And we can talk about our consolidation that's about to happen. Yeah. Maybe it'll happen. I don't know. But uh, so my point was, it's getting old with me. These guys are tired of my voice. And I always brought in external instructors, always. You know, I brought in the Goldfeders and the Ray McCormicks and Timmy yep. Clatt and, yep. you know, guys from around like Jimmy, Jimmy McCormick, uh, you know, you can name drop all day long, but at, in Hamilton, uh, I know one of our union guys, he's our, uh, was a union president and now he's back in as the officer's vice president, Shane Mull. Shane brought in Mike Dugan one time, right. you know, he said to me, he goes, what do you think? Absolutely. Right. I mean, I you can't go wrong think. with yeah. that. Right. You know, and, and the union paid for it. Right. And, um, so you need those outside influences. And you don't have to do it the way they say that do it every time because they're not going to tell you that. They're right. going to say, this is what I know works in my department. These are the things I've seen around the country, around the world. Hey, grab a piece from him. Grab a piece from here and put it together that works for you. And I think that's something that we don't always get, you know. And that's, like I said, I've been 100% blessed. You know what else you know? we don't get is guys that have big enough cojones like you to stand up and say, I think my voice is getting a little stale. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And because that doesn't happen. You have a lot of guys that hold these positions for way too long sometimes. It was it was too much time. I, I, I was I stale. I, and, and I thought that 
Number one, this guy is a little bit younger than me. He deserved the promotion. Promotion. It was, it's good for the job. Uh, you know, and, Excitement, and, energy, like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just all yeah, of that, yeah, you and, know? And, and, and a different aspect. And I right. sat in the interviews. Right. When, when we interviewed, there were three guys. Uh, so, we, you know, with civil service, you got to go through the process. We interviewed the three guys. Any one of those guys could have been the next training captain right. in, in that department. No question about it. They all gave really pertinent answers. They gave, they made me think about, shit, why didn't I do that? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that was yeah, a great idea, idea, you know? And, yeah. and all three of them did bring something major to the table. And, and, you know, there's always hard feelings when somebody gets picked and the others don't. Yeah. But, but those guys will get their chance and they're, they're home run firemen. Yeah. Tremendous firemen. Uh, guys that I've been in lots of fires with and trust completely. Yeah. But, uh, awesome. So it's it's one of those things, you know. But you need that fresh voice. You need that fresh face. And uh, there's some young there's some young instructors coming up on the national scene. And I'm watching them. And I'm looking like, shit, man. Am I getting old and going to get pushed out the door? One day I will, you know. Of course, one day we all get old and get pushed out the door. You don't want to be like Ali and, and, you know, you're punch right. drunk and don't know when to hang it up. Yeah, right. But, uh there are guys. I mean, you had Bobby Eckert on. Bobby's a home run. Yeah, you know, great. the guys from Safety and Survival, they're doing a yes. great job. Guys yeah. with Mark Gregory's group with PL, yeah. they're doing a great job. Um, you know, and, and you can throw all those out west, the guys, you know, doing Brothers in Battle. And, yep. you know, there, there are so many fantastic groups and so many fantastic work. guys out there. I think what's interesting and what the fire service in the training side has to figure out is because we were talking about the smoke and the, and the snake oil yeah. and all of that. But on top yeah. of that, right? We have to figure out how the stand-up groups, the, guy, the guys that are really bringing forth some incredible content yeah. and putting it out there, right? Yeah. We have to find a way for them to get a bigger voice so that, the, so that the, no, the, the guys that really don't or shouldn't have a place to be shouldn't have a place to be. And that's, that's the hard yeah. part, right? As a, as a fire community. It's real hard. Because I know growing up, like we talked about this before we went on air tonight, like we talked about certain names, and, and I know that you're – very friendly with a lot of these different guys because I've known you a long time just through our connections and so on. Sure. And I know a lot of the same guys you know, and maybe not as well, but I know them. I've met them and we've had sure. conversations. But I find it interesting that like I, as a 41-year-old guy, know those names, but the 30-year-old guy and a 25-year-old guy, guy behind me, they don't know who these guys are. And that is something that we have to address. We have to be able to take... The fathers of the fire service, if you will, the McCormicks and the Champo and, you know, the Dugan and, and Salka and guys like that, right? Sure, sure. We have to be able to take names like that and the teachings that they've provided for this fire service for the last 25, 30 years or more. Yeah. We have to be able to harness their stories and get them to be in a position that the young guy coming on the job hears about them and wants to learn about them more. And when we, when we don't preach, or not preach, but when we don't teach and we don't educate the next generation's coming up of who taught me and who I look up to. Right. Then we're we're finding a miscord here, right? There's miscommunication, yeah. and before long, those are the guys that skew out and find some guy who's got a fancy website and a YouTube page, and they believe everything he says. Meanwhile, the guy is a you know a carbon monoxide alarm specialist, right? There's that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen guys that want to teach high rise stuff, and and literally they work in a place with nothing but single family ranches. Right. Right. I, I did a class one time. I did an engine company class, right? And uh, about a month later, I look at a local fire academy's offerings, and uh, the kid who was in my class, good fireman, solid fireman, don't get me wrong, probably a good instructor. He's teaching a standpipe class. He, he volunteered in a department. There was one standpipe 
on the entire island where he volunteered. And there are a lot of companies on that island. Right. One standpipe. Right. Like, you know what? I don't run tons of standpipe work. We got lots of them. We know, we, we're, we're at them all the time. We carry our stuff to them. We get hooked up when we need to. Right. But we're not fighting fire off standpipes all the time. I shouldn't be that guy. Right. Who's the lead guy? Now, should you go to HROC and learn it from Kurt and the guys down there? Damn right you should. And, you know, my guys, that's who I would pay to teach them that. Correct. Stay in your lane. Yep. You know that's what I mean? Exactly. And, and, and <clears throat> there's certain things, you know, I'm on a sock group, right? Our guys are good. We train quite a bit. And, and some of the guys are completely home runs and, and the best I know. And then me, I'm good at it. But I'm not great at it by far. I no way should be teaching it. Like my teaching group, we're going to uh, Lufkin, Texas in January. And one of the things we're doing is some rope stuff, along with some engine truck and leadership uh, command stuff. I hire, I got a guy up, he's 71 years old. Everybody calls him old Mike Clark. Right? Mike Clark is retired from Hanover, New Hampshire. You, you, got, you might have met him. I'm sure you did with some Jersey Fools stuff. He's big with New England Fools. Mike retired from the job, runs all the special ops stuff for New Hampshire State Fire Academy. Why would I teach that right. when a legend up there could yeah. be teaching that? You know, and that's the thing that too many guys are getting into this thing. And man, if if you'd said, "Hey, I need somebody to teach a class on hanging wallpaper over here today," that guy, yeah, I'm a great wallpaper that's guy. That's right. Right. And then tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna hire. We need to do a class on you know tuning this carburetor on on whatever. Oh, bro, I do that too. And that's what you're seeing. And what you get is a watered down, shitty version of what you should get. As opposed to the good stuff. Not a whole argument here. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you fix it. I know how I fix it with on-scene training. Right. I, I, the guys who do what they're supposed to do, do that. Yeah. You know, the guys who are dedicated truckies. Could Champ go out and teach an engine class? Yeah. Yeah. He knows it as good as anybody. Right. But he doesn't do that. That's because correct. it's not his gig. Right. And. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's kind of segue into that because, like. I, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not a Jersey guy, so I don't know these things. But like, you, you have this this company that you that you started, and I was reading the bio. It's like I, you you started it on paper, and then really like that paper took you around the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, my life's kind of weird. So, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's um, yeah. So again, I was pretty young. I was doing. I was going to all the training all over the country. You know, I went to Illinois Fire Service Institute and took their um, written survival program, right? I mean, these guys that taught it. I remember standing there watching Bobby Hoff throw ladders and, you know, guys like that. And uh, actually just retired, Chief Haig from New York, right? right? Donnie Haig, I think he was a lieutenant when I was taking that class at University of Illinois and he was teaching it out there. Awesome. Right? With, with Bob Hoff, ended up becoming commissioner, you know? And I remember standing there watching these guys and thinking, what's it take to teach at a place like this? This place is like the mecca for Prime me, you know? time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this yep. is a big league. And watching the ease of which they moved and how they did things. And I, I was in my 20, you know, early 20s thinking, wow, you know. And, um, but I kept taking these classes everywhere I could go. And, and I, honestly, my ex-wife was very, very supportive of me. Um, I can't say anything bad about that part of life. Uh, it really... She gave me a good opportunity to, to become who I wanted to become. Um, so there's that. And I did that. And then I saw, like, a lot of our local companies around us weren't doing things very well. So I'd say, hey, you want me to come give you a drill on this? I, right. Like, I learned it. I, I right. know how to do it. Not saying I'm the expert, but right. 
this is what this guy showed me. I'll show you what I picked up over this the weekend. Is, right. Yeah. This is what this right. is what this guy showed me. It's not my stuff. Right. And that's a whole other point that we should really uh, talk about. Agreed. This ain't my stuff, right? But here it is. And so I started doing that. And my ex-wife is a forensic auditor, CPA, really smart. And uh, she said, listen, <laughs> I don't want to lose the house because you screw something up and they sue you because somebody gets hurt at a fire and now they're suing you because you taught them wrong. You showed them something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, I don't know anything about this. You know? Right. So she says, we need to talk to a lawyer. We need to set this up. Okay, cool. So we set up on scene training. I think that was 2005 that we actually yeah. filed with the state. And... Um, so it just kind of morphed and it grew. And um, then I got the opportunity to teach at FDIC. Um, first time I taught there, Billy Hobson was running uh, drill ground instructor, live fire drill ground instructor for the fixed drill ground. And what a group this guy assembled, right? Bet. And it was after FDIC went through the kind of, um, what might you say, change. <laughs> um, the old guard was kind of... Yeah, the old guard was... Kind of handed their papers in a way, right. which was, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But, um, and then, you know, so they were looking for people and things. And, and there were a lot of us that were definitely on the shit list with Penwell at the time because we had a lot of stuff to say. And, and um, Billy had the ability to bring us all together. A lot of the guys who were on that blacklist got brought together. And so he assembled, literally. Now, think about this group that you get to teach with, right? He was the lead, and uh, it was all about how to train firefighters in a drill ground, right? In the, in the live fire setting. So we're meeting 1403, doing whole nine yards. He brought in Ray McCormick, who had been gone for a little bit. He brought me in. He brought Art Bloomer in. Bloomer was a fireman in Kearney forever. Yeah. You know, just retired recently. Artie is one of the most solid guys you'll ever meet. Yeah. Uh, he brought Jay Blake in. Jay's from um, Montgomery County, Maryland. Again, a tremendous engine. Hazmat guy knows his stuff inside now. Um, he brought in uh, this whole gang of guys. John Simpson from Osceola, Florida. Everybody knows Bart. He's yep. a founding fool, right? He brought in Bart. Um, and he just he kept putting us all together. Dave Gallagher. Dave Gallagher retired out of Huber Heights, Ohio. Now he works for Mass Fire Academy. Everybody calls him OG because he is the OG. Yeah, that's cool. And, 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 that is just awesome. And Dave's, you know, no bullshit. Dave's kind of legendary. I mean, the man has taught me more about truck stuff you know, standing here drinking a beer and, yeah. and just bullshitting than I could ever transmit on to the next generation. Like, so Billy was able to bring us all together. And for me as a student of the game to watch that and be a part of that and like, really, I'm teaching like, I probably, they should have fired me probably like 10 times. I, I think a couple times it got close, but uh, it just, <laughs> it just morphed, you know? And, um, but those are the kind of people. You yeah. want to be around, and you know I know I'm going down all kinds of different paths. No, but I love this because my brain goes in a lot of because different paths. Because here's the thing: like I'm thinking about like myself, and I'm thinking about like you know just going forward, the guys that are younger than me, and like I hope that they. I, I started National Fire Radio because I wanted this. Yeah, I wanted this. I wanted this conversation. I wanted to give awesome. a voice to guys, whether salty 30 year on a job guys that everybody looks up to to the newest kid yeah and i wanted to be able to put stories out there and capture these stories and for you to sit here tonight and talk about like i'm just thinking because i recognize a lot of those names i've read some stuff i've seen some training videos things like that and so i'm familiar with a lot of those names i don't know them all yeah sure. but i'm familiar with them and i just think about like how you will take that to your grave about the cast of characters that you've oh. been allowed to Man. partake and learn the job from and share the brotherhood with. Yeah. 
I'm looking at myself thinking, man, I hope one day when I kick it, like I can look back at what I started here with National Fire Radio Absolutely. because I'm meeting all these great people. But I just hope that the next generation behind me finds that it's important enough to find and seek those other people to really build your pedigree and become a better person, a better fireman, a better brother, like you know, all of that, right? And I can tell you, man, these guys, they have been there for me through thick and thin. We've been there for each other. Of course. We've been there, you know, for births and for deaths and for marriages breaking up and relationships breaking up. I can tell you, man, I, I, I went through a bad breakup not that long ago. And who are the first people I talk to other than my, my family? Right. I talk to those guys that from on scene that are teaching with me that I've traveled around the world with right. who I know are not going to tell me, oh, don't worry about it, man. You're doing fine. You know what? A couple of them said, you are such an F up. Yeah. Like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and you had to sit back and go, shit, man, they're probably right. Yep. You know? And But those are the people you surround yourself with, the people who aren't going to bullshit you and make you, oh, yeah, you, you know. You're just the best. You're yeah. everything. You know, it's all bullshit. Yeah. And and there's tons of that in the fire service. And there's, a lot tons, of, there's tons of that in life. But, yeah, right. But uh, right. but as far as on scene goes, you know, it, it just started morphing. And I don't know that we're I don't know what we are, you know. I don't I don't put us in a in a on a shelf here or a shelf there or we're we're down here. Yeah, I don't know what we are, but we're we're pretty good at what we do. Um I think we're pretty well respected at what we do. Absolutely. We're honest, uh, sometimes to a fault. Uh, we've 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 had the ability to go around the world, which is really cool. Um, I, this business has taken me places, little towns in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, we we travel to American Samoa. Yeah. You know, like it's wild. Met, met amazing people there. You know, worked for the the retired chief of the Auckland, New Zealand Airport Fire Department, a guy named Ross Riddell. Amazing man. I sat with him and just like. Yeah, how cool. God damn, you're smart. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I love and that. Met, met great guys on the island. And then, you know, we've, we worked in Saipan. And um, Carl did a bunch of stuff for us in, in China. And um, I mean, so it's like we've been all over the place, but we've been in little towns, you know, yeah. like uh, you name it, we've been there. We, got, we do a ton of work in, in southern Louisiana. And to work down there for a bunch of Yankees going down there. Yeah, right. You know, they're looking at me like they need. I need an interpreter because of the way I talk. <laughs> and I'm yeah, trying to understand is... Cajun Bayou talk. Yeah, right. right yeah. And it's yeah. like my buddy Toby Henry, he's a chief down there. He gets rolling and I'm going. What I look you, at, I, I look at the guy next to him and go, all right, in English. Yeah, right. Like, you know, not half Cajun, half, you know. But but seriously, and these guys, they've become your family. And it. That goes to it too. On scene for me, it's it's absolutely my family because we have gone, like I said, thick and thin. You know, I, I uh, we've lost great friends. You know, you know how that goes. Sure. Um, something you'll see in the fire service, especially for these young guys, the longer you're in this and the bigger that circle gets, the more times you're going to get hit by tragedy. Yeah. And um, you know, I I didn't see it when I was young, although New Egypt impressed on me the importance of remembering our older guys when they pass. The importance of really doing an honorable funeral, standing in the line, standing in the guard, you know, doing the right thing, and the traditions of it. New Egypt was, and they and they still do it. They they still. When my dad died, my dad wasn't a fireman. He died in January of Alzheimer's, right? And uh, that fire company walked through in full dress uniform yep. because of me being a past chief. Yep. Not even because I was a chief, because I was a member. Right. And. Um, you know, you get choked up over that seeing these twenty-some-year-olds that they didn't even know me. Yeah. I've been out of that company now for quite it's, a few years. Yeah. But the 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 honor of it, and mm -hmm. so for me with on scene, 
well, my buddy EJ and and uh, you know I, I've EJ's tough for me to talk about. He he died in uh, January of seventeen, and uh, just he was in my eyes he was going to take over on scene training. He was a rocket ship man. This kid, we met him in Charleston, uh, not long after the super so uh, superstore sofa store fire. Yeah, um, <clears throat> a group called uh, True North Gear, a company called True North Gear out of Seattle. They were doing a training um, scholarship basically. And they said, we want to give back to the fire service guy named Steve Missiano is the president there, or vice president. And Steve's just nothing to do with the fire service other than in the business of selling to it. And one of the kindest, nicest people I've ever met in my life. And he says, I want to give back. We can do something for the job. And so Charleston applied for that that scholarship. Yeah. And um, Steve said, listen, I want to do it with on scene only. I'm not hiring some other training group anywhere in the country that somebody needs training that we can help pay for, I'm going to pay you to go do it. So we were working for, you know, really for not much. We weren't right. making money. It. But it was... It wasn't was about just, that. Oh, yeah. it's just... And, it, and for us, we got to be together. We right. got to travel around the country and we were together. And, and our wives didn't kill us for it at the time, you know? Yeah. So it was a good deal. And we went to Charleston and it was heavy. You know, it was heavy. One of the guys that I made sure we took was um, Kevin Maloney. Kevin's a retired district chief at Wor- in Worcester. So when you're going to go somewhere and teach where they just had this tremendous yeah, tragedy, that's right. you got to think about that. Absolutely. So Kevin, I thought that he was my buffer, so to speak. You know, He could tell me not how not to screw it up because, you know, I'm Jersey. I'm brash. I'm, I know, get sometimes it. I say shit I shouldn't say. And, uh, but I know Kevin's mild-mannered and smart and, you know, he died. No. You know, kick me under the table type right. thing. So anyway, we did the training. It was It was... To this day, it's probably the most meaningful training I've ever done in my I'm life. Sure. You know, we trained their entire department. Uh, it was when Chief Card taken over. Again, what a just a gentleman, and I'm blessed that I got to meet that man and, and sit in his office and. What a what an incredible experience! Oh, I yeah. can't even imagine the emotional roller coaster it, that you all had to go through while was, you were there. It was. They put us up in a house on the beach, but so EJ, getting back to it, EJ yeah. was he was this young fireman, cocky, mouthy little pain in the ass. I love it. Oh, my yeah. God. Just a pain in the ass. And But he would ask. You know, Bart Simpson says uh, there's only one dumb question in the fire service, and everybody goes, oh, the one not asked. And yeah. Bart goes, no, nope. bullshit. It's, Can I buy you another beer? Yeah. It's a dumb question. <laughs> right? That's so, awesome. So, I like that. So uh, EJ would ask question upon question. And you're like, God damn, dude, land the plane. Right. But um, after that, we all became friends. And then when I, I said we would teach in certain places, he'd be like, hey, he was he was young and and you know kind of I guess he was divorced at that time so he, he could go where he wanted when he wanted and he said hey can I come with you guys just to hang out and you know be a part of it and learn well within a very short time he was teaching with us sure. because he was that smart yeah I and guess this, this guy he was a dedicated and very very heavily meddled uh, army vet mm-hmm. um, hardest hit unit in Iraq I mean this guy had seen it all and he was the rock star and um, he was teaching. He was on teaching circle with Bobby Halton. Okay. He and Bobby were doing leadership classes, just starting to do leadership classes together. He did one called "They Fought for Each Other," and it was just amazing. And uh, he equated the military to the fire service, right? Which is you can't get any better, right? No. Right. <clears throat> so he was killed in in seventeen, and um, you know it's it still it, it. Literally yesterday, we have a group text with all the on scene guys, and I put on there. Like, man, having a hard time about EJ today, a little bastard, you know? And yeah. that was it. But um, 
this is what it is. EJ's line was, when we would teach, he would say, uh, we started out here as, you know, a bunch of firemen, and we're leaving here as family. And it's true. Yeah. It, and that's been the philosophy of on, on scene forever. I just didn't kind of know it until EJ said it. And it's true. We, we, we stay friends with these people. It's not, is it a business? Yeah. If you looked at my bank account, you would see that it's dirt, certainly not for the money. I'm telling you, it's, it. it's one of the many reasons that I'm not married, probably. But, uh, but it's a family like no other. And, Without a doubt. And, uh, and the students get that from us, I hope. Yep. And we get it from the students. You know, I mean, we've lived through some... When EJ died, here's a good example. When EJ died, he was buried in Erie, Pennsylvania. That's where he's from. I was in American Samoa teaching. Carl and I were over there, so I couldn't make the Erie funeral. Guys from Lufkin, Texas and Hudson, Texas, jumped in a van and drove all the way from Texas to Erie, Pennsylvania in their, with their honor guard stuff to stand the guard for EJ. Oh, wow. That's the kind of influence, like, that, like that's a, to me, it's like, holy shit. You know, did on scene cause that? I don't know, but if we can bring the brotherhood as much as how to stretch a line... We've already accomplished without that. a doubt, you know, without yeah. a doubt. And so, yeah. like, so you know, it does. There's times where I'm like, man, I should stop doing this. It's beating the shit out of me. I'm not gonna stop until I'm probably dead. Yeah. And uh, well, you still have a message to share, and you still have yeah, minds oh, yeah. to craft. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. even this, in that though, I mean, I, I, I listening to the stories and the, and the training and stuff is one of the things I always try to impress on people is like when you're you're passing knowledge along, you don't know. You don't know what that influence that you have in that day where you're positive in somebody's world yeah. is going yeah. is going to change. You're right. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, all right, this guy has been around pretty much everywhere. I'm sure if he puts a uh, tax up on a map, it's going to be covered and it's going to be quite colorful. But like, how many people have have has your company shaped? How many you know? And then, and on top of that, like, my hope is that the ones we shaped went on and shaped a bunch yeah. more. Right. You know? Right. And that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like going sending. It's like when you send guys to FDIC, and and that's exactly it, man. You you send guys to FDIC, you can't afford to send your whole department, so you send two or three, so they got the message from these amazing guys, and then they came back and they were able to share it. So, the message that I had, or the message that, you know, a really a Lee Hollins had or a Bill Gustin had these guys who were way head and shoulders above me that they shared just got out to another 30 yep. or another hundred or yeah. another, you know, so that's what it should be. Not all the training groups are that way, but that's why this is but bigger than us. It, should be. it is. is. It's that's just like what you're doing. It's so right. Big. And, well, and it's it, go ahead, yeah, before, just yeah. like, like that, I think that that was one thing I actually wrote down. It's not about the money. And I think that's a, a, a huge distinction when it comes to, training especially in the fire service there's a cost of doing business and everybody agrees with it but like if you're out there to make a profit on this and to like you know to essentially be the next too big to fail the guys fire training see, company, the guys will see through you yeah and and that's i mean the fact that you like you know, said you know you talk about that thing down in charleston getting the people that you got to come down and help buffer that situation out because it was horrible it was and then to sit there and you know like you're you're not there to make a profit no, we, we, we and, probably and I, lost our asses, but we drank but a lot of beer and taught a lot of firemen and ate some damn fine barbecue. And shared yeah. a lot of stories. <laughs> and, and you know what's crazy is that... And helped you, in the healing process, too. Without a doubt. I, I mean, so. that's what yeah. it's... But that's yeah. what, it what the brotherhood's about. It is. You're right, man. You know? It is. And that, you know, another great guy. And, and again, you know, like, I kind of feel like a dick saying, oh, 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 all these names. But, 
you get a guy like, I don't know if you guys know Steve Gillespie. I know the name. I don't know Steve, him, but I Steve know. Steve retired out of FDNY, you know, many, many years, did his, did his time, ended up as a lieutenant. But after 9-11, he was a senior man at Squad 41. And uh, so, I mean, he, he's lived some serious tragedy. He went on and retired and took a job in North Charleston as a training director. You know, it's a civilian position, even though he's uniformed, it's a civilian position. He's running their academy, runs their training. What better way to keep giving yeah. back, right? I mean, yeah. these are the guys, I look up to these guys, and and he's another one. Like, when I've had problems in my life in general, I'd call Steve, and he would tell me, you're really freaking stupid. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> but I love you. Yeah. And that's yeah. something the fire service has that I don't think the PD has. Right. I don't think any profession. I mean, Maybe no. the military. I think a lot of the military, yeah. some of the units are really yeah. cohesive, and, and some of that is. My good friend's but, EOD, and I see it in the EOD. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, I mean, their mentality is hilarious because yeah. I'm like, hey, what happens if something goes wrong? He's like, well, you, you go and do this, and then if it doesn't work, it's suddenly not your problem. Exactly, yeah. If you see me running, try to keep up. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I think, I think <laughs> though, too, we have an obligation to remind the older guys to not just walk away. Yes. So many guys, whether stuff. career or volunteer, yeah. are done and they walk away. And they take so much with them. Yeah. And like that, again, is something that drives me nuts. It's like there's always stories to be shared. And some of the best lessons I've ever learned was not actually on the fire ground training. It was sitting on the front bumper or around a table like this Absolutely. and telling a story. And Absolutely. that's where you learn your story. You learn yeah. so much from that. Oh. And so what, I, what concerns me and what we're missing... And what's happening more and more is we're losing those guys. And Steve Gillespie, incredible career, goes down as a civilian and still wants to be in a job. And he, he, finding another way to get back to that job yeah. because he loves yeah. the job. Yeah. And it also was an opportunity for him to share the message. Like, and I think it was unbelievable. He, it's, it's healing for him, too, because he's lived through so much tragedy right. of sure. losing so many. And, and it's, it's so we're all in it together. That's yeah. the thing. And, and you know... I teach a lot of classes, and one of the ones, you know, we talk about, a good example would be RIT, right? You can have a superstar firefighter on that RIT, but he can't do it by himself. Even right. though he thinks, and that's something that the younger firefighters have to understand in time, and we all thought we were the shit at one point. You know, I'm, I'm the badass, I'm the one, I want the knob, you know? I, really? The knob ain't the, is the, Steve's line, the knob's the job. My buddy James Rose, he's a fireman down in, in Annapolis, and he's always, oh, the knob's a job, Cap, and he's right. But who made that happen? The backup man made that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? It's well, not, it's all about the you know, team, and it always it has is. been. And, and you need to put those right people in the right spots, yeah. just like you would in yeah. any sport. Yeah. And that's yeah. part of being a, yeah. a good manager and leader, is understanding and knowing your team and finding the guys yeah. for the right positions to yeah. make that team excel. Yeah. That's what yeah. a manager does, yeah. and that's what a leader does. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, in business and <clears throat> anything. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, in, yeah. in government and whatever. But uh, so it's just been, for me, it, it's cool. I mean, a wild ride, huh? It's It's been a roller coaster, bro. Yeah. I can tell you, man. And, and the highs have been super high. The lows have been to the point where you didn't want to go on low. And um, I, I can tell you that... Uh, you know, firefighter suicide's a big thing now, and yeah. and PTSD is a big thing, and I have my opinions on both. Sure. Um, I have my opinions on people writing about it. Sure. Uh, I I uh, I think that some of it is very very true. I think that some of it is a good neat niche to get into to teach, and they found their niche, and they're full of shit. Um, but it doesn't matter who that is. 
<laughs> no, I, listen, I get but, it. I'm but, with you. I, but I, I get it. But, I get it. But you know what? This job is going to take you to the highs of, you know, you make a grab, right? And you are, you're walking on the moon, man. Right. It's, it, does, it doesn't get any better than that. Right. And that's what we all got in this for. Anybody says they got in this for anything else. You got in it for the high. I agree. For the, you know, it ain't, if, if all you got in it for was to wear that t-shirt. Right. Dude, sit on the side and watch the parade go by because I don't need you. Right. Right. You should have got in it. You got in it to help people, to make a difference in their lives. And we do that even on, you know, I'm not a big fan of EMS, right? The old acronym, every minute sucks. I get it. But, you know, many, many years ago, I was told you're going to become an EMT and we're going to pay you to do this and you have to do it. And I thought, okay, yeah, whatever. I joined to be a fireman. Well, we weren't going to fires. Right. We were going to EMS. And we're still going to EMS. And, um, but man, there's days. My guess is I've influenced more people's lives on medical runs than I have at working jobs. Without right? a doubt. You can, I, I you get can, it. You're, so it's well, still about taking care of people. But that's always that's always this uh, neat thing about the fire service is we're the only government agency in the United States that enters into people's houses without a search warrant, and people are happy to see us there. Usually, and you, and you hit on yeah, usually right. Unless you hit them with Narcan, they don't like yeah. that. But. <laughs> they don't know they're happy yet. They haven't had that uh, miracle moment, then, then right? They're not happy. Yeah. The moment of clarity. Yeah. Where they're like, hey, thank yeah. you. Yeah. But, in all honesty, like we, and we, you make a great point because I think a lot of people they look at that EMS as, uh, you know, it's very easy to hit on it and be negative on it, but you have to remember that you're doing a positive oh, thing. For I joke about it all the time. Oh, yeah, man, you gotta be kidding me, you know. But we go to state police barracks for for a drunk uh, in evaluation. Like, come on, you're, you're dispatching an engine to this, right? Really? You just. Mm -hmm. you, I think I but, think too just the interactions, right? Like you're saying, you're making it, you're making a difference, and I think it's important though too because I think a lot of guys lose track of that. And I think a lot of guys don't put that positive spin on it or a positive face on it. And so every interaction you have with the public, whether a fire, everything from a grab to a, to a heroin overdose to a public service call, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, every interaction is a selling point for us. And in life, it's all about selling, right? It's all about selling yourself, selling your service, selling your department, right? Sure. Get people to understand how important you are. And you know what? You're going to make somebody's day a little bit better. And I think that's... You know, a huge message here too is that you know don't get caught up in your own bullshit when you're when you're out there. And we all do it. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, listen, man. It, it, I, I, it's it's like I've told my kid. My kid's a college baseball player, right? Don't read your own headlines, man. Right. Don't read your own box score. Yep. Yeah, you struck out three today. Tomorrow, somebody's gonna knock one out of the park on you, and you're gonna be like, shit. Don't. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. I've been in both those places. Yeah. As an athlete and as a as a fireman. Right. And in life in general, right? You know, a year ago I was I was up here. You know, two months ago I was way down there. You know, and now I'm back here, and, and things are great again. You know, so well that's because he's on the show. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that goes without yeah. saying, right? I he's mean, like, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, but I, you know, like I said, that, that whole thing about having Tucker around and he just has those little whiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need those pearls. So, what yeah. <laughs> that is good. That's good. So, but anyway, I, I lost my train of thought again, but uh, where I was going with it. But anyway, yeah, I mean, un unbelievable. So go ahead. Uh, so with, uh, with, the, the, um, with the training company and everything and, and going yeah. around, like, do you have in your mind, like, something that just happened when you were, like, wherever it might have been? That was just like, I mean, it's a good, it's like a hilarious story or something that you're just like, I'm really proud of this moment. And I didn't think, like, you know, I don't know if you walk mm. into a trip and go, 
yeah, all right, well, we're going to see how this goes. And then you, you, you come out away from it more humbled about what you, what you saw or what you did <sighs> yeah. for the people you met. Yeah, I, I don't think there's one that stands out more than the others. There probably is. There's been a lot of them over the years, and I've probably killed too many brain cells hanging out with some of these guys <laughs> to remember them all. But um, oh, late nights. Yeah, it's almost few. 15 years, right? 2005. Yeah, so I mean, it's 15 yeah, years it's, of brotherhood and camaraderie. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and before that, I was doing it. I just right. wasn't a company, you know? Right. Um, Champ would call me, hey, we're going to teach you. You want to go? Yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah, well, yeah pick Can, me up. I get to I'll meet you there. With, yeah, hang out with you. Yeah, hang out with you. Yeah, man. But yeah, but. Yeah, there's some you know there's some places we've been that I see the influence we've had as a company, mm-hmm. um, and are there funny stories? I probably can't even talk about some of them on the yeah, air. Yeah, uh, legally that, not. Yeah, that, that yeah, I mean the statute of limitations ain't up on all of them. Not all of them, but, not yet. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's some funny nights. I mean there's some funny stories. You know, we we got detained one night by the. Um, what's the capital of New Hampshire? Concord is that Concord? I Concord, think? yeah. Yeah, they, these. This police officer didn't think it was a great idea what we were doing. And he had a talk with me and Mike Lombardo and Eric Hankins from Yuba City, California, and a couple guys from Connecticut. <laughs> and uh, Rusty Ricker, president of New England Fools, and Billy Hobson, they, they jumped in Rusty's pickup, and they kind of sat around the corner waiting for it all to calm down because they figured somebody was going to have to make some that's phone fantastic. calls and, pull, and drive us home. But, that's fantastic. But it was like, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it was all in good fun. The, the cop like didn't, Alice's restaurant. The co- yeah, the cop didn't seem to think it was that funny, but we all did. <laughs> and, and, you know, when, when he was told that had he been a, a, you know, a Buffalo fireman or a Buffalo cop, by Monday morning he'd have been shoveling horse shit at the you know, stalls. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. He really wasn't pleased. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, but, I, I think that's part of my, some of the, <laughs> some of the best stories yeah, you know we, we talk about like humble and guys that you know you you're very humble about your career and and you know what you've done and what you've been able to do. But what I find is fantastic is the guys that you know don't read your own headlines. I find it fantastic that the guys that you know you've known for twenty years and then all of a sudden you hear a story and you just look at them and go, what? <laughs> yeah. Like when did that happen or yeah. how did you wait what? And then you're like, oh yeah, you know I don't you know I got a lot more stories you don't know about. I'm like, oh, yeah. what? Wait, I've known you for twenty years. That's the best. Those are the guys that don't read their own headlines, right? Those are the guys that just, they do it because they love it. Yep. You know? Yep. I mean, and, and, and the big, there's guys who are freaking huge. Yeah. You know, here, here's a, one of the most humble people I've ever met. And the nicest man, and we're not real close, but we're friends, is like Kevin Shea. You, you know, Kevin Shea hung off the rope that sure. Ray, Ray right. and Ashley Brown and those right. guys held, right? Yep. Iconic and photo. It's, it's one of the most video, iconic yeah. photos right. in the history of the fire. It's the most iconic, probably, other than holding the baby at the Murrah building right. or the Trade Center stuff right. in my lifetime. Yep. And yet, if you met Kevin, you would never know that yep. this guy has done tremendous feats of, of, he wouldn't say it, but it is. It's heroism, and it's sure. it's what the job completely stands for, right. what it stood for 200 years ago, and what it stands for today. Correct. But you would never know that sitting in a, at a bar or at a dinner table with them. You just wouldn't know because they're just so humble. And then you get the opposite, you know, this the brash asshole basically. Oh, yeah, I made this grab and I did this and I did that. And then you look and you're like, yeah, right. So the fire alarm went off. It was careless cooking and you yeah. helped the lady exit the second floor, you know. Or even if you uh, did. But there's just you know how you point. carry yourself, yeah. right? And that, that's it's a big deal. It is. And is there anything wrong with cocky? No. 
Because but so many people have been there before you, so you should, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you get the football and you're going over the line, yeah. well, don't jump up and down. Make Act it like look you, like you've done it before. Act like you've been there. Yeah. Yeah. So. so we are this thing. We're almost like an hour and a half in, yeah. which is wild. So I, could right? talk a lot I know, but it's not just <laughs> well, we, we never got to your first fire. Well, let, so right. So that. right. So let's do. I mean, we still have time. We're not yeah. shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like you know, I yeah. want to get to edit, uh, edit all the bullshit out you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got three minutes. Okay. Yeah, right. That's perfect. That's perfect. So so, I can tell you, my first fire as a junior member, because at that age they weren't real. They wouldn't let me wear an air pack except in, during drills, but at fires, they weren't really opposed to me doing a lot of cool things. And uh, it was a small department; they had no manpower. So I clearly, I was trying to think about this, like, man, I, you know, my first fires yeah. and all this—it goes a long way. But um, my sister led off with an inch and a half line off the back of a 1967 Maxim, right, and led off into a, a hotel room fire. And it was going good on the ground floor. We pulled down around the back and uh, stretched the line to it. And they told me, you back her up. And I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, man. I'm, I was like 14 or 15, yeah. hip boots, right? Uh, long coat. Sure. You know. Fireball gloves. I, I don't, yeah. they, we, we had fireball gloves, but these were leather fire gloves. They were just like brittle and you couldn't yeah. feel, you know. Yeah. They were for some dude that probably was 6'3". Yeah. And, uh, Massive hands. Bunch, yeah, of, yeah. bunch of bananas. Yeah, an old Philly helmet, you know. Yeah. They, they, and you took it off the rig. You didn't have your own gear. Right. You, you unhooked it from clips in yep. the jump seat area to rig, right? So we're stretching in and she's got the nozzle and she, her and my brother, my ex-brother-in-law's brother, they're knocking down a fire and they're like, feed us the hose in the door. Get in the door and feed them a hose. I'm like, Okay, you know, I don't know any better, you know, and I'm laying on my stomach, and, and it's that old thing, you know, you're, you're so low on the floor that you're sucking the, the nails out of the floorboards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I, yeah, you know, the eyes are watering, and I'd never been in a fire. I didn't know what it was like. I thought I was going to freaking die, you know. Yeah. I'm sticking my head back out like this, and, oh, what a train wreck I was, That's you know. Awesome. But, but uh, and I thought to my, I, I, to this day, I can picture it and think, Damn man, my sister did a good job. She like she stretched that line in there, and and like she was not a big girl. She was, she was not somebody you'd think of all oh, this tough firefighter, right, right, right? But that that was the reason that I joined the fire service. So that that's kind of my first one like that. That you know that I can that experience recall. had that's to give great. you a hook, man. Oh yeah, oh, after like, that, that I was, was done. I was I was totally yeah. done. And and you know I remember we were all at a family picnic over there. And I'm wearing, I was wearing like a tank top and a pair of, uh, you know, the old OP shorts. <laughs> and, and Short corduroy oh, yeah, ones. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah, exactly. I know, exactly. man. And I know. know there's that gap right here yeah. where the hip boots don't yep. cover. And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, that's getting hot, you know? But uh, now there, there's been a couple good good fires that I, you know, if we got a couple, just a minute or two. Yeah, um, let's reset real quick, Rob. Just real quick. We yeah, just yeah, got to yeah. reset the camera. Yeah. You want so, so anyway, we're back. So, all right. So... Help Sevy out. I can clap, man. <laughs> so anyway, we were talking about some flyers, right? We just do a little shop talk um, and so on. So talked about your first job, which is uh, pretty cool, man. Gives you the yeah. hook. Yeah, yeah. All right? I, I was hooked. Yeah, that was it. That was it. You know, it's in your once it's in your blood, you know, it's in. It's, yeah. That's so, what it is. So now fast forward, right, through your volunteer career, through your career career now. You're yeah. a captain. Yeah, yeah. You guys are going through some interesting changes in your district. We don't need to get into all of it, but there's yeah. there's separate departments or separate companies. Nine, nine, that separate, are... nine separate fire districts in Hamilton Township that go back about a million years. Uh, the lines didn't make sense. None of it makes sense. And uh, typical old school Northeast, this is how we've always done it. This is why we've always done it. And um, 
not saying that we do things badly, but we do things badly at times. And uh, we have great firemen. We really do. And we've got some great officers. And we've got, we're, we're equipment rich for the most part. But we're not streamlined. We don't do it as well as we could do it. We're yeah. not even close to doing it as well as we could do it. Right. And we as firemen know that. Right. Those nine boards of fire commissioners did not want to face that. Not even close. And um, so the cool thing about that is the union actually made the push, which unions don't tend to make pushes when you're making good money and you got to When things are good. Yeah. And, and right. most of us were making good money, and it's fairly comfortable, but we filed the petitions with the town to get rid of the fire districts and become a department. Whether it be a fire district or a municipal department, that's not our decision, that's the town's. But we wanted out of this nine-district situation. And it was hell. And our union was very, very split. We're an FMBA local. Uh, we're a strong FMBA local. And, you know, I, I it's kind of crazy. I come from a libertarian family and was vice president of the officers local. Yeah. Yeah, thank God uh, my dad didn't realize it at the time. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but if you look at it, what we're doing is we've, we've, we're in the process now. Uh, we're going to become a municipal fire department. That is what they've, they've, the town has decided. We don't know when it's going to happen. We're in the middle of politics. Uh, you know, it, it's what it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be good. And, and it's going to suck for a while. There's going to be big bumps in the road. There's going to be problems, you know. But this is combination, right? I mean, this is. It is combination, but there's, you know, they'll tell you how that we got all these gazillion volunteers. My guess Real numbers, we probably have 20 or 30 uh, okay. throughout the whole town. In nine districts. In nine districts. I mean, my district, we just got a volunteer yesterday. He's the son of one of our retired guys. And the only reason he's volunteering is because he's taking civil service right. testing to get on. Right. And he'll tell you that. He doesn't care about volunteering. He's right. good, yeah, good kid. But do you just, guys get any extra points? They do. Volunteers yes. do get some points, I think, still with civil service. I don't know the whole story, but... Guy smarter than me figure that stuff out, but uh, um, it's just uh, it's going to be really good. I hope I get to stay through it. Mm. You know, I'm. Well, how many years do you have on the line now? I'm finishing my 29th. Wow. Yeah. So I'm old, but uh, I got hired young. So that's why I tell them. You should 20, oh. right? You said. What's that? 20. Yeah, I got hired, hired at 20. I got hired at 20. I just turned. Well, I was. Yeah, I was just six months into being 20. So. Uh, yeah. It's where I had a really bad paper route, and that's why I look like this. But it's... Um, that's what happens when you put them in the storm drains. Shit happens, man. That's right. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, so it's... it's um, I want to stay. I really, really want to stay. Um, myself and one other guy are the two most senior captains on the job. Um, actually, I think there's a guy retiring at the end of this year. So I, if I'm not mistaken, it puts me and uh, Captain Merzda, I think, the two most senior guys... On the job completely, uh, so I'd like to stay. I'd like to get promoted to a BC spot. Nice, um, but it all depends on health benefits. Of course, it depends on it all. Sucks. Right, I it get totally it. sucks, man. If somebody would have told me, "Hey, at the end, you're gonna have to make a decision based on your retirement on health benefits," I'd be like, "You gotta be freaking kidding!" You know, me. And this but is that's what it, what no. the, what the new job is gonna offer us versus what I currently have. If I'm gonna lose, I gotta go. Right, so I'll go with. Somewhere in the and that sucks. Somewhere around thirty years. That sucks. Yeah, 
Yeah. It sucks for the guys below you. It sucks for the guys that need to learn from you. Well, the guy who's right? going to get my spots happy probably. Well, of course, that, right? Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> but, but you know, yeah. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you no, know, I know what you mean. So, I know what you mean. So too often we're forcing these guys out of the job. But fortunately, you've put yourself in a position where you love the job so much that you have on scene that you can yeah. go out and do training and you can still give back to this incredible job that that yeah, you that love is. so much. So I mean, I think that's incredible. So just for everybody listening to on scene training associates. Um, they're massive guys. They're all over. Um, Aaron's doing great work with them, and he's got a fantastic crew. Uh, FDIC, are you? Um, you guys going to be down there? You got guys there? Oh, yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm. I'm running. I'm the lead on the uh, commercial fire ground operations hot class. Nice. Um, so it's a four hour hot class. Get signed up for it because it will fill. Last year we filled two buses or four buses. So um, I, I hope it does it again. It, it's a cool class. We've. We've added some new twists to it. A uh, bunch of our guys are doing classroom presentations. Some of our guys are doing hot with some other teaching groups. Great. So, um, yeah, it, it's, good, it's good for everybody. You know, it's all about spreading it. So, yeah, it's that's, cool. It's that's cool. fantastic. Yep. Well, I have to say thank you. I mean, you know, we've been going on and on, and we could go on for quite a long time. But yeah. um, we'll have to get you back. we got the new studio underway right now. This is... Awesome. Um, what what uh, Pip from Five 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 calls the she shed. So <laughs> yeah. we're we're coming to you live from the she shed, but uh, that's a yeah. that's a northeast thing on a commercial on that's running on TV yeah. right now. I don't know if it's nationwide, but anyway, um, anyway, I can't thank you enough. I mean, it was a complete that's honor great. to have you here tonight. And I know when the camera turns off, we always keep going and uh, and oh, yeah. share some cheer and uh, some brotherhood. But uh, I thank you for sharing your story, and I know there's so much more. That we could talk about, but, uh, you know. I, I think the moral of my story is yeah. it goes back to nobody from nowhere. Just because you're a member of a little volunteer department doesn't mean you can do some impressive stuff in your career over the course of the long haul. Don't think just because you're not from Philly or Boston or New York or L.A. that you don't have something to add to it because most of the guys that aren't still have a lot of stuff to add. And I'm just, you know, I'm lucky. Just yeah. lucky, man. And it's yeah, a, here I've known him for 20 years. I yeah. didn't know he was this famous. <laughs> <laughs> this infamous, man. But I, think, infamous. I think, though, too, to your credit, you make, you make your own luck. To a degree, you do. You do. You just got to surround yourself with good people. Yeah. Good people and do uh, the right thing. I've been blessed by good people and the fools, honestly. That's, we had a great time. This is something that this is starting to come up as a, a common theme in a lot of the things that we're doing. Yeah. And I think we need to start reaching out. So if anybody's watching and listening, that is part of, I know New England Fools is very strong. New England Fools is extremely strong. Right. Uh, Jersey Fools was very strong. Right. They're, they're trying yeah. to make comeback. And yeah. there's a lot of new chapters. Yeah, there's now. a lot of new we're, chapters. We're just you guys had Revolutionary. You yeah. had Steve yeah. up yeah. there. Yeah, Steve was here. Um, uh, there's a What Exit Fools now yeah. that uh, I know uh, Anthony Avillo. That's ever, what I heard, yeah. You ever get a chance to get Anthony? Yeah. Oh, my God. What a tremendous, yeah, a trem guy. awesome dude, right? Awesome Jersey guy. True Jersey guy. Yeah. Um, and, and um, you know, so there are. There's a lot of Fools chapters. If you ever get a chance to get any of the founding guys like Bart, you get Bart Simpson up there. I would love, like, this is this is I, like our goal. Wally, you, make a, you guys, yeah, Wally. Yeah, you guys make yeah. a run down to Florida, honestly, oh, yeah. and, and get a chance to go down there and just meet up with those guys. Yes. Home run. I, th Home I, run. I think it's, it's kind of neat with the fool stuff because you hit on it about, like, the Northeast and how we're... <laughs> You're amazing. You, uh, that, that we're, like, so, uh, you know, lucky with training, but, like, if... If there's New Jersey chapter of the Fools, and they're bringing in people, like I mean, I can't imagine what it does in other states and in other areas of the country. All over, all over, man. It's it's listen, the Fools. I, I believe 
The Fools have been one of the most influential fire service organizations in the last 20 years. I, I, and and it, maybe I'm partial to it because yeah. I've been a member of it since 99. Or, well, we formed Jersey Fools in 99. I've been a member before that. And Bob Pressler's the guy who told me. In, in Ike and Jonesy's in Indy one time, him and Lombardo and, and those, guys said, those guys said to me, You're, you, you fit right in with the Fools. And I'm like, what the, f- right. what is that? And yeah. they, they introduced me to it, and it's been a part of my life ever since. Do you since. remember the and first party? In Indy, when it was in the, in basement, the basement, in the basement of the Hampton. Holy crap! Yep, it was like we the biggest a, fire hazard I've ever been. We did a memorial life. thing um, last year, or the year before, in at FDIC in the basement of the Hampton for EJ and for Maddie Negley, because yeah. Maddie, you know, unfortunately was lost uh, also. So we did it for them, and and oh my god, it wasn't as packed, but we drank as much. So <laughs> I just I love I absolutely love this, and I'm like a little pissed off that I don't know more about it. You know, I'm a card-carrying member, truthfully. Like, when Jersey started, yeah, I was yeah, one of those yeah. guys. They were like, you should join this. Yeah, I, we used to have all those meetings up at White Claw. I just got, I just got the death Lakes benefit card, like, yeah. a year or two ago. Yeah, the yeah, death yeah. benefit yeah, card, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know enough about it. And I know Rob doesn't know much about it, no, right? We'll, we'll hook you up. And, we'll hook you up. But I think, like... Yeah, like holy shit. Well, we let's, were we were big, this. and it was a, the problem was we it was big. a whole state. Yeah, line. We I get it. Big. I get it. And we were getting together at least once a month. Oh and, yeah. You know, it was it, it was, was a good way to spread the brotherhood. We learned a lot from a lot of people. Like I know Jersey Fools are doing a thing in I think January February, uh, in I forget I think Glassboro, and they're having uh, Brian Emenecker come in from yeah. Camden. Right. Can't ask for a more experienced yeah, officer and, and gentleman, you know? So there, there's so many fools groups doing so many great things around the country. We got to start getting you know? it out there. We yeah. got to start. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is that to me is the epitome of what we're doing here. I mean, that yeah. that yeah. encompasses the brotherhood, the training, the stand-up guys, the solid brothers. Yeah. I mean, all of that. I mean, that's just we'll, awesome. We'll, we'll grab Lewis, um, John. John, John, uh, John was the first president of Jersey yeah. Fools. And I talked to him in Nashville. He said he'd be happy. And his brother, of course. Well, we got a lot of legwork to do here, Tucker. You guys yeah, got a lot got of stuff. A lot of we got a lot of stuff to be doing. We got your earbuds. You're growing. You're yeah, growing. trying. That's why I got them. But listen, Aaron, thank you, brother. I can't thank, <laughs> thank you enough yes, for being you for here. Um, just your story alone was awesome, and I, I have to tell you, I sat here tonight and thoroughly enjoyed listening to you. And uh, yeah. and, and he usually doesn't always listen. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's where you're wrong. I listen all the time. I just talk over the people talking. <laughs> but it's, a, it's a Jersey thing. Man. It is, it's right? What we do. We talk so, with our hands uh, a little bit. We do. You know? But anyway, <laughs> listen. What a great night, Rob. Take us out, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it, Aaron. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. A wait, lot wait. Of government. Taylor oh. Ham or pork roll? Pork roll. I know up here you guys don't understand it, but in reality, it's pork roll. It's not. Sit here and do some beers and tell some good stories. So it's more of a sour than I remember.